Welcome to the Plant-Based Performers Podcast. I am Lee Petcher. And I am Amelia Rose Drysdale. And it is the 14th of December as we are recording this. It's getting on, isn't it? It is, isn't it? 2020 is almost over. We made it. Nearly. Nearly made it. (laughs) Let's put some cheers in here, Emma. (laughs) I'll try. (laughs) Might end up being Christmas music again. I don't know. Fair enough. And how are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm very well, thank you. We've uh, been cracking on with the wedding plans, haven't we? Yeah, so obviously the first thing you really need is a venue, isn't it? Because there's no point planning anything else if you don't know where or when you're getting married. So yeah, this is all, well, obviously it's new to me and new to you because we've never been married before. <laughs> I have three times, thanks. Yeah. This is the first time I'm hearing about it <laughs> on the podcast. Thanks for that. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's like... Where do you start with a wedding? Because when I watch TV and films and things like that, it's like, oh, have you got a date? Have you got this? And it's like, okay. People ask that as soon as you get engaged as well. Exactly, right. Because I don't know whether it's because of the whole movies and TV thing, but I'm like, no, I got engaged yesterday. I don't have a date yet. (laughs) So I think what we've found is... You get the venue first and make sure the venue is available. Like, have some dates have a time have a year and a time of year that's going to suit you maybe a day of the week whatever and then go and see the venues that you like and kind of connect the two yeah could be the the best way of describing it yeah there might if you find a venue you love but the date you want isn't available you might have to compromise somewhere exactly so so we've been to look at our very first wedding venue yeah we went to see that yesterday didn't we what did you think? I loved it. And the more I think about it now that we've come away, the more I love it, to be honest. Okay, that's good. Yeah. But we do have another one to go and see that I also, I love the look of. I've not seen it yet, obviously. I haven't sort of felt the vibe of it yet. Yeah. So we're going to go and see that in January. So we will update you on what we think. <laughs> but keeping it all vegan and back to the, the podcast, when we went there, the owner of the venue, some for some strange reason, just beelined his way over to me. He took a right shine into you, didn't he? Yes, as soon as I walked through the door, he, he walked straight up to me, introduced himself, and I was like, oh, hello. I mean, I suppose he's trying to sell his venue, but it didn't come across like he was trying to sell his venue. He just no. came across as a friendly well, person. The thing I liked about it is no matter what questions you asked him, like, I'm not sure about that, you'll have to ask the wife. Yeah, I'm not yeah. Sure didn't, he didn't really know that much, did he? Bless but it, it, was, it was lovely. He's such a really nice guy and I think I was so happy to speak to him rather than other people because of what he divulged about the venue. Yeah so something that we've found a bit difficult is that I the vibe that I like for the wedding venue is a bit of a barn sort of s a bit rustic a yeah bit outdoorsy which is absolutely fine but the problem is that a lot of them are on farms and working farms. Working I fell in love with the venue online and it turned out it was in the middle of a working dairy farm. And so we asked the question, I, I emailed the venue and I asked, I said, <laughs> this is a bit of a weird question, but do you have cows on your grounds? Because I've seen wedding pictures with people with cows in them. I didn't say I was a vegan. I didn't want to go in with that. Um, and the guy was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got cows. It's in the middle of my parents' farm. Um, and the brides some, and grooms get stuck in. Yeah, some brides and grooms come in and they milk the cows. And I was like, oh, no, I can't. I was like, okay, thank you so much for getting back to me. And then just I was like, scribbled it out day. in my book. Like, nope, that's not an option. That's just what you want on your wedding day, isn't it? Just to get in there and start squeezing some udders. Ugh. Um, so this one was also a bit of a barn, wasn't it? And yeah. it was that it was a bit of that worry because I, I hadn't heard back from them whether there was actually animals there, but we decided to go and see it anyway because they were having like an open day. 
And it, I mean, I guess it, it is on a farm, right? Yeah. So what the guy was telling me is that it was a farm when he was living there. He still lives there, but he's been there ever since he was a boy. And he, he ran the farm with his, his dad. Uh, but now he's sold the farm, I say in air quotes, <laughs> to somebody else who runs a, a sheep farm there. Because when we were driving in, there was sheep everywhere. Mm-hmm. They run that side, but he himself is no longer like a, a typical farmer. Yeah. He's more into the agricultural side of things. Yeah. So he plants loads and loads of trees. Loads of trees. Loads of trees. And he also is like trying to make the, the venue as eco-friendly as possible, isn't and he? And sustainable as friendly, yeah. Yeah. So that was a big tick for us. Massive tick. He's got solar panels on his roofs. Obviously, the day we went, it was pissing it down. Obviously. But, <laughs> but so the, the solar panels are converting to the electricity. He showed us his wonderful boiler. Yeah, he took us to see. So they have like a bridal sort of cottage that you that's included in the package um, just along the way a little bit. And there's also like a big house. So we went to go and see that as well. Uh, and on the way, we took a little detour into this random <laughs> like, yeah, like storage barn thing that I was hoping didn't have cows in it because it looked like the kind that would have cows in it. I was like, oh my God, no, has it, it got cows? Yeah, but it didn't. No. It didn't. And he showed us his generator. <laughs> Which... No euphemism implied there whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> he, sh- he showed you his generator. He showed me his boiler, but you know. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, was that what it was? It's, it's basically the same thing, isn't it? But that keeps the venue and the, the houses heated. Yeah. Which is fantastic. It's all just wood chips, which again, because he grows his own trees, it's all just sustainable. And I found that really wonderful. And the fact that we were walking around and he does have some animals there. There was loads of chickens. When we talk free range, I mean, these birds were free. There, there was no, there was nothing. There was no cage. No. There was nothing. They were just walking about as happy as Larry, and I like that. And there's nothing there to say that he kills these birds for food or takes their eggs or anything mm. like that. They were just birds. They were just everywhere. That, was, that were just there. So I don't, yeah, I don't know how he could possibly be able to find where their eggs and stuff are because they just seemed to live their life everywhere. Exactly. Which is nice. That's what you want for animals. I had, I understand that they that they're going to be on farms. We're never going to stop farms from being a thing. No. But if they can be happy and, and roaming around wherever they want to roam around, then that's great to it's me. It's a happy life, really, isn't it? I think, again, keeping it back to the wedding and the podcast, if you are vegan and you are looking to get married, you probably don't need me to say this. It's probably like I'm teaching your grandma to suck eggs, but we found the first question that we wanted to ask or the first thing that we wanted to say is we are vegan. Mm-hmm. Can you cater for us as yeah. well? And we got a few looks from people, a bit like a, uh, yeah. They, they had a, a catering company there who has done two weddings there before, fully vegan. Mm-hmm. But one of the the ladies who runs the place was telling us about, oh, we can get you teas and coffees and we'll provide the milk and you provide the sweet meats. And we're like, no, we're, we're vegan. So can you provide <laughs> plant-based milk? And she kind of had a bit of a, yeah. But yeah. I think going in straight away, them knowing what we're all about so there's no miscommunication down the line is... Yeah. Do you know what? If it means that if if we love being there and providing plant milk's like an issue we'll provide our own i will happily bring a a load of almond milk with us it's not a problem there was that (laughs) thing where i said oh you know we're vegan and like yeah but you you guessed what be it's like no we're having a fully vegan wedding Mm -hmm. guys if you're invited to the wedding and you're listening to this and this is the first you're hearing about it you're having vegan food And it won't kill you, by and the way. It won't kill you. Just give it a try. I guarantee it'll be nice. <laughs> but yeah, we're on an, an even playing field and hopefully now there'll be no surprises. I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah, me too. And then hopefully we'll be able to make a decision of what we want. It may be neither of them, but I don't know. We'll so see. is two venues enough to look at? I mean, should we look at more? Should we look at less? It's different for everyone, I would say. Someone might go and fall in love with the first one they see. Someone might see 
10 and not like any of them. If you're listening to this and you're married and you've planned a wedding and things like that and you've got any hints and tips for us, please get in touch. I was advised that my sister saw two and fell in love with the one that they got married at and that that was that. So if we find the right one, we don't need to look at any more. Boom. That's that. I'm happy for that. <laughs> so as well as getting married, we've actually got another little announcement, haven't we? Yes, we do. We're, We're uh, getting... Bringing- someone else into the family <laughs> no. no not like that stop we're not pregnant <laughs> we're getting a hamster we're getting a hamster <laughs> basically we live in a flat um a top floor flat on a very busy road and there's absolutely no hope in hell that we're going to be able to get a dog or a cat it's just not possible we've tried adopting squirrels but you know they're happy to take my nuts not like that Pam Pam it's not like that but do you know squirrels are amazing out there I saw this thing on uh, the internet the other day do you know when squirrels jump and they land Mm -hmm. they do superhero landings they do superhero landings superhero you know like in Deadpool when he lands it's fantastic and somebody has taken a picture of squirrels doing these superhero landings and photoshopped uh, superhero costumes over them (laughs) it is my new favourite thing ever I really want a squirrel we'll need to post them on the page so that people can see it's brilliant anyway carry on so yeah, we've decided, um, We well, we asked our letting agents, can we please get a hamster? I promise we won't let it chew things. And he said, yeah, that's fine. So we've decided to get a hamster, um, which is a very nice, positive thing. We're very happy about it. We've never had a pet and we've been together no. for five years. Yeah, and we've talked about getting, we obviously want uh, a dog and a cat when we have our own house. Mm-hmm. We've spoken about that. And I've even mentioned that I wouldn't even mind a fish. Mm-hmm. just something so it's been a conversation that we've been having ongoing for quite a while so I've started looking online um, and I was advised by a friend of a few different places to look to adopt or buy hamsters so I guess the ideal situation would yes be to adopt a hamster can you adopt hamsters yes I guess so because there'll be some that are sadly unwanted and people will then put them up for adoption themselves. I believe that there are some like shelters that take small animals as well, but obviously it's not even nearly in the same sort of scheme as like cats and, cats dogs. and dogs and even rabbits and things like that. But yeah. you can adopt them. I've never heard of that. That's really You can rescue them. That, yeah. That's amazing to hear because like you, you say, you're small animals. You don't really hear of them going up no. for adoption or being rescued. The problem, I think, with um, with the small animals like hamsters is that people don't realise that they also need care. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will, will buy them from places like pet shops or pets at home or wherever, where I don't really think... I, I can't speak for every pet shop, obviously. No. But certainly at pets at home, I think there's been things said that they're they don't really look after their animals all that well that are in the shops yeah it is a real shame i bought a hamster from pets at home a long 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 time ago he didn't last all that long he didn't last as long as he should have now i don't know whether that's something that i did wrong which would make me feel awful but could it have been something that he wasn't looked after all that well anyway or had he been there for ages and he wasn't as young as i thought he was i don't know I don't know because they don't know. No. Unfortunately, I don't think their staff are trained all that well in that kind of area. But I remember going off slightly on a bit of a tangent here. I remember pet shops back in the day where they were just in the villages where people lived. So I lived in in two villages when I was growing up. I lived in Wyke and uh, I lived in Oakenshaw. And both these places had pet shops and especially when I was younger in Oakenshaw, they had dogs and cats Kittens, yeah. and, and things like that. And nowadays, local pet shops aren't allowed. No. As far as I'm aware, they're not allowed to have I live animals. I don't know what the, yeah, I don't know what the laws and everything is on it, but no, they don't. And I remember a time where there was a pet shop, particularly I remember in Carlisle near where I grew up and it always had kittens and mm. I would go in as a kid and I would constantly be like, oh, I want a kitten. But I was never allowed one. <laughs> um, 
obviously. But yeah, I don't know what happened. I don't know what legislation's been passed, but no, pet shops aren't really allowed because big animals like that anymore. The pet shop that I was next to in Wyke is where I got Cookie and Misty from. Mm. And it was Christmas and I was working at the bank. <laughs> and long story, listen to my other podcast, The Morning Boo, to find out about my dad buying my mum this kitten. Anyway, I had to buy it and take it up. But because I was working at the bank and I got it on my, my break, my lunch break, I had to bring both these kittens into the bank <laughs> and they were just running around behind the counter. It was so cute. It was I bet the best everyone, day of work I bet everyone ever. enjoyed that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's just, I found like looking online a little bit confusing because there's some sites where like, for example, at Gumtree and things like that, where people are looking to rehome hamsters that they already have. For example, I saw one that was put on yesterday where the hamster is fairly near us, but it's already a year old. Right. Or there's another site that I'm on, which is called Pets for Homes, for the number four. Yeah. Um, where there's a lady up in North Manchester selling a litter of hamsters that are tiny babies Um that clearly she's bred for the money. Okay. So I don't know. I'm a bit confused about the the sort of ethics behind this because people, from what I can gather, will take small animals like that as in, like if they've got a snake and things mm. like to feed the snake, which is horrible for me to think about. Yeah, I, I suppose it's the, the circle of life though with snakes. They like to eat. They're going to have to get food from somewhere, yeah, exactly. but it's horrible for me to think about. So yeah. my my thought is, do I do I buy one of these tiny little hamsters and save it from a possible life like that? Mm-hmm. Would this, but with the, the amount that this, this lady's asking for these hamsters, would someone actually buy, because one hamster, one tiny baby hamster is probably not going to do a snake for all that long, is it? No. So would someone actually pay £15 per hamster to feed their snake? Probably not. So it's a bit confusing. I don't know what they, what's right to do in this situation. So we're going to have to talk about it a little bit, yeah. but we're going to get one. Yes. Now, the other issue that I've found is that um, we've been looking, I've been looking for a cage because I'd quite like to just have everything ready so that when we go and pick the hamster up, we can bring it and its cages here and we've got it all set out and everything. It's like moving into a new home. It's all yeah. there. So the transition's quite easy for it. And I'm happy to spend a, a reasonable amount of money on a cage. I don't even need to get a second hand one. I'm not too bothered. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that it's not broken in any way so yeah. there's no no escaping it or anything like that because I've had a friend that's, that that's happened to recently and it's just the worst. It's heartbreaking. Her hamster Sharon went away and it did not come back and... It's very sad. We like um, to think that it's living a very happy life somewhat. Yeah, we there's a mouse living in her wall. <laughs> so you think the hamster and so the mouse So we think the hamster Yeah, we think the hamster and the mouse are friends and they're living together. Well, that's what we're hoping. If they happens. have babies, would it be a mouster or a hamouse? I think mouster sounds better. Mouster. Yeah. Cool. Um so in terms of cages, there's a, a recommended size for especially for a Syrian hamster so that's the kind that we're looking to get the bit the larger hamsters mm. the ones that are a bit more chill and a bit more slow rather than a dwarf hamster because they're teeny tiny very very cute but you can't hold them or anything like that they're so fast that's the kind <laughs> of hamster I had before and I loved him so much but he did not want to love me. <laughs> he was like, nah, I'm off. See you later. Uh, anytime I would try and hold him. So for a Syrian hamster, there is um, a, min- a minimum size. And none of the the cages that I've found online in places like Pets at Home, etc., really meet that size. See, I again, this is new to me. I didn't know that there was a, a recommended size for a cage. I guess... Neither did I until again the same the same girl that I was talking about before who lost her hamster because she got a new one. Um, she said to me, "Oh, by the way, the RSPCA advise it was eighty centimeters by fifty centimeters big mm. because y- your hamster sh- deserves some space." Well, man. Yeah, thinking about it now, it makes sense. But when I was growing up, I I think I just 
went into a pet shop and bought the first page that was there. Yeah, I bought, certainly for my last hamster. Now, again, he was a lot smaller. But now I'm thinking about it, I'm not sure that that was big enough for him, the one that I bought. I just bought it because it was cool. I think it was a pirate ship or something. (laughs) I liked it. So... I bought I, it. Yeah, I bought one with loads of tunnels and things like that. Yeah, so and obviously that hamsters like that. You want you want things for them to play with and yes. and stuff, which is you know it's something to definitely look at. But you don't want to be you don't want to be adopting or buying a hamster and for it to be miserable, do no, you? You want it to have a happy life. So if you are considering doing the same thing or if you have got a small pet for someone for Christmas or whatever, just please do your research and make sure that you're getting the right thing for them because it's really opened my eyes. I think that goes with just any pet. Oh my God, If you're buying any animal for somebody for Christmas, remember a pet isn't for Christmas, it's for life. Even a a hamster. It's a part of your family. Every single animal that you will own, fish, Hamster, dog, cat, horse, whatever. They rely on you. You're their world. You are literally the the reason that they will get food, water, warmth, shelter, the things that they need to survive. You are it. So please be vigilant, do your research and do what's right. Do what's ethical. Yeah. Whatever that is. Just, yeah, don't go into it blindly just thinking, oh, it's cute because, you know, this is the time where... People do buy dogs and cats, mainly puppies and kittens. And then in January, they're out on the street, they're homeless. There was an atrocious number that I read for a blog I was writing that um, last year, or maybe it was 2018, sorry, after Christmas, in England and Wales alone, so that's not including Ireland or Scotland, there was 4,000 animals abandoned. But to take to come away from the, the negative doom and gloom... We are now going to introduce a new section to the podcast because this is what we're all about. We're all about trying things out. (laughs) And if this section goes well, we will probably bring it back a bit later on. So we're going to segue into competition time. We will have a, a catchy jingle at some point down the line. Yeah. Yeah, it won't just be us going, competition time. But yeah, we are running a competition. I will warn you now. There is no prize. No, there is. There is a prize. <laughs> okay, right. Let's tell you the, the, the actual competition first. The competition is, we need you to name our hamster. Yes, please do. So, like we said, this is going to be part of our family. The surname, well, yeah, the surname's going to be Petcher. Yeah. You, you, you've got no, no choice over that. But if you can name our hamster, and the person who comes up with the best name... Your prize is that hamster will be called that name. (laughs) Yeah, our hamster will be named the name that you wanted it to be. Um, Just to point out, we don't know whether it's going to be male or female at the moment. And we don't know what colour it's going to be because we haven't bought one yet or rescued one yet. So So all you know, just come up with a nice sort of generic name that is going to suit a hamster. You know that it's a hamster. You know that it's a Syrian hamster. Personally, I like a pun. I'm a punny kind of guy. So if you can come up with a punny hamster name. Okay, that I don't love puns though. So here we're already having some relationship issues because clearly when we name our child, we're going to have some problems. It doesn't have to be punny. It just has to be nice. <laughs> I don't want a, a boring name like Jeff. Well, we'll see what the people come up with and we will decide together. But if it's not punny, it's okay. If it's punny, you're going to win. No. <laughs> but yeah, please, um, we'll probably put up a post on our social media, which, by the way, our Instagram and Twitter is PB Performers Pod. So if you don't follow us, please come and do. Um, we'll probably put up a post so you could leave us uh, a comment on that post or you can email us at plantbasedperformers at gmail.com. You can message us on Instagram or Twitter, if you didn't want to put it uh, publicly, you can message us personally as well. You've got Lee Pitcher on Instagram and Twitter, and mine is Amelia Rose Vocal, E M E L I A. So, yeah, just give us your names. Give us your names. So, this is the Plant Based Performance Podcast. So, we're going to bring it back round to the industry now. Mm-hmm. Emma, what's going on? 
well, literally about two, three hours ago, it was announced that London's going to go into tier three. Oh my God. Which means that all of the amazing shows <sighs> that started again a week ago, if that, are closing after Tuesday the 15th. Anybody out there who's in the theatre industry, my heart bleeds for you. It really does. I said to, to Lee before that I think that's worse. So as much as it's sucked for us in Manchester that we've not been able to open since March, I think to not be able to open and just continue to not be able to open, it sucks. But to have been told, yep, yeah, on you go. And for people to have been getting COVID tests every two days, for them to have plowed all of this money into it, for them to go, you're closing in a week. Like you're closing. Well, actually, you're closing tomorrow night, is what they've been told. You're closing after tomorrow night's show. Not fair. I think that's even worse. It's not fair. And how are we in Manchester? Any any news? No news, no. Uh, we were supposed to go and see the panto yesterday. Unfortunately, that didn't happen, but we have had our tickets rescheduled to early January. So I guess it's just a wait and see kind of situation. We don't, we still don't know anything. Still, I believe we're going to get reviewed Wednesday the 16th. It's all up in the air. Um, I think if we're still in tier three, I don't think anything will be able to go ahead. It's tough times, man. It really is. It is. It's awful. I know film and TV are still cracking on doing the best they can mm -hmm. socially distancing and fair play to you guys give me a job <laughs> <laughs> just throwing it out there but uh carrying on from what we were saying last week i've continued my momentum now i'm writing to casting directors i'm trying to hit three a day mm -hmm. every working day and i'm getting some replies i'm not getting Everyone a reply, I'm not going to lie, but I'm getting some. I entered a competition for a self-tape, so that's got me going again. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking to a guy who is a massive Kevin Smith fan, such as I am. Kevin Smith, please come on our podcast. We are begging you and Harley, obviously. <laughs> uh, and he's in the middle of writing his own scripts, of which he told me he wants me to play the lead. So that's... That's very exciting. That's so good. It's big news. I'm I'm kicking my career off again, and it's good. Mm -hmm. I had a bit of a blip today. I'm not going to lie. I saw. I get bogged down with numbers, and I really need to stop getting bogged down with numbers. So the competition that I entered, I put up my piece on my uh, Twitter platform at Lee Petcher, and I keep looking to see how many views it's got, how many likes it's got. And then I look at other people's entries and as soon as I see that they've got more likes or more views, it just disheartens me. And I've got to remember that it's not the views from other people, it's not the likes from other people, it's down to the judge. Exactly. So it's out there, it's in the hands of the gods and if I win, I win, if I don't, I don't. But this is why acting is such, such a fickle industry because everything is subjective. Exactly. Just because one person doesn't like it doesn't mean that other people don't. And your your tape that you did might be someone's favorite tape ever. Yeah. It might, and then someone else will go, "Oh no, I thought it was rubbish." It's just the way it is. And as performers, we have to battle that on a daily basis. How's things with the singing? So I, yeah, I've been trying to do little bits every day. I've joined, um, I found that being, being a bride-to-be has helped, to be honest, because I know that, I know where I'm looking. You've seen it for from things. both sides. Yeah, I, I'm, I know where I'm looking for, for stuff. Not so much musicians at the moment. We haven't got to that point yet, but, you know, it's it's good for me to, to be able to see. So I've joined Bridebook, which is one of the big apps uh, and websites it's free as well. It's free for everyone. It's free for braids and That's good. it's free for suppliers as well. So I'm on there now. Um, I've redone my website, which is looking good. I'm just trying to make an effort to to do the sort of, I say boring, but I do enjoy it, but sort of the... The business side. Yeah, the business side. So that hopefully next year when weddings can, can kick back in properly, that I will actually be able to gig. <laughs> What's your website so that our listeners can go and have a peruse? I think we said it last time, but it is just ameliarosevocal.co.uk. E-M-E-L-I-A. <laughs> E-M-E-I-L-A. No, 
That's not how you spell my name. <laughs> See, even I can't spell it, guys. But no, that's good. Things are looking more positive for you and you know being your fiance i can see a a smile on your face again now which is not that you didn't smile before but i can see the joy basically i'm a miserable bitch and he's absolutely (laughs) sick of me no not at all but it's hard when you feel like you've lost your purpose and you've lost your way again we're all performers i think we've all suffered from it from time to time it's just a large part of who i am and a large part of my identity was singing and also Mm. working in a theatre and both of those things were snapped away from me all at one time and I think for the most part I kind (laughs) of I feel like I like handled it pretty well up until about two months ago when I just decided that my life had fallen apart. I think I've seen a few people say this first lockdown I know a lot of people suffered through the first lockdown but the first lockdown was kind of okay it's the second lockdown that have got people I've found. Mm, yeah, I would agree with that. I think I'm just so fed up. Mm, it's kind of like that tease of you can come out. No, no, you're back in. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, why? Yeah, and we, we're just, there's just nothing to do, is there? We're just absolutely sick to the back teeth of sitting in the house. However, if me sitting in my house for the next year is going to save some people's lives, I will do it. Again, the right thing, just doing the right thing. It's right, but it's not always easy. Do you know what I mean? I do. But as you said, singing and theatre has been a big part of who you are. Mm -hmm. This is going to lead us into another new segment that we're going to bring out for the podcast. Again, if it's a hit, a new jingle will be coming your way soon <laughs> but until now you're just gonna have to deal with Amelia Rose Reviews Amelia Rose Reviews oh yeah ooh, ooh. <laughs> ooh, ooh. so Amelia Rose yeah what are you reviewing for us this week all the R's I am reviewing Amelia Rose Reviews I'm reviewing <laughs> Rent I've, I've stopped being able to say words I'm reviewing say that really fast I'm reviewing Oh my God, reviewing Rent. Do you want to do that cleanly? (laughs) No, I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you. (laughs) So we watched Rent uh, was the 5th of December. Mm -hmm. So last weekend. And we watched it online because unfortunately, obviously, again, that was one of the shows that couldn't go ahead. I think it had a four days maybe and then it was shot. To be fair, though, when we watched it, we booked it for the online Oh, yeah, version. yeah. We'd booked it specifically for online because it sold out so quickly for in person, I guess is what you would call it. But um, yeah, so it was from Hope Mill Theatre, mm-hmm. a lovely theatre in Manchester that I haven't Beautiful. had the pleasure to see yet. I've not had the pleasure to go, but I really hope that I will be able to soon. Um, they do weddings as well. Just they do FYI. weddings. Yeah. So it's a, that's a potential venue for us. So Rent. I adore Rent as a musical anyway. I've always loved it. I've loved it since I was at college and me and my friend, Christy, who I was very close with at college, we watched the film numerous times a week. <laughs> the film's very different. Well, it's quite different to the stage show because the stage show is sung through. Yeah. Whereas the film isn't. But I don't know that it comes across as well in a film as it does on the stage. And I think, I guess, with a film, they want it to be more accessible for more people. Yeah. Whereas I think a sung through thing's quite... If you've never seen one before and you're not hugely into musicals, I would say it's probably quite intense. You're like, when are people going to talk? Very much intense. That was my issue with musicals for a long time. Uh, for me, I would prefer to be in a song through musical because I don't want to talk. I would just want to sing the whole time. I don't want to sing. I just want to talk. <laughs> well, yeah, we've heard you sing, so we know why. Just kidding. Um, so if you haven't seen Rent, um, if you don't know what it's about at all, basically it's about impoverished young artists living in New York under the shadow of HIV and AIDS. So it's a group of people who are all... Um, a lot of them are in the arts. One is a filmmaker, one is a musician, one's a dancer, one's a 
a singer, I suppose she is. I'm not too sure really what you would call She's like Maureen. A She's a performer, artist, yeah. yeah, just a general performer. Um, and it's in the 90s when HIV and AIDS was was at its its peak. And unfortunately at that time, it was a bit of a death sentence. There wasn't a whole load that they could do for you. Um, and it was the gay community that, that was really hit badly with it. But yeah. obviously many other people had sort of contracted it as well. Um, it was written by Jonathan Larson. Now, the story behind Jonathan Larson is very sad. He wrote this this show and and obviously really enjoyed it. Um, and it was either the day before or the day of its Broadway opening, he died. No. He never got to see it. He never got to see what it became. Oh, that's sad. It's very sad, isn't it? So yeah, I'm not sure the exact timing of it, but it was it was yeah. Did he die of HIV by any chance? I don't think so. Right. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I don't think it was. Um, so yeah, this particular version, it was a little more updated because we it didn't mention that it was in the 90s particularly, which I don't think it needs to. Um, basically, I loved it. <laughs> It was good. I loved it. And it was so nice to see some theatre anyway, because we've not been able to see any all year. Um, it was directed by Luke Shepard. So just in case anyone wants to know this kind of stuff, because the direction was amazing. He was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and the choreography was also so, so incredible. And it was choreographed by Tom Jackson Greaves. Uh, there was obviously a lot more people involved. So I apologize that I'm not shouting you out, but you all did such an amazing job. So one interesting thing that we that we didn't really notice for the first little while, did we, was that they didn't really touch. No. So the cast themselves were bubbling in a house. It said at the start of the the show that they were in a very noisy 12 bedroomed house in Manchester and they were bubbling away from their family so that they could do this show yeah because that's what they want to do yeah um so it's not that they couldn't have touched because they're bubbling they can touch mm -hmm. but they decided not to they decided in the direction etc that they were going to keep a distance from each other on the stage there were very few moments where they did touch and i think that was very very cleverly orchestrated choreographed whatever you want to call it because when they did touch it affected me emotionally it's like oh that's that's really close now yeah yeah exactly it well, made it more yeah. it made more of an impact when they Definitely. did touch because They've been so at distance the whole time. So when it's them, when they're actually touching, you know that that means something. Means something like, for for example, the Tango Maureen. Mm -hmm. I've only seen the film. Oh no, we we saw another version, didn't we? Recently during lockdown, we did. Yeah. And from what I gather, the Tango Maureen is where the two dancers do the tango, and obviously yeah. the tango is quite a, an intimate dance where yeah. you're touching and you, you're close together. Mm -hmm. But on this version. They didn't. They didn't touch, no. They tangled with about a two metre space in between each other. And actually, I love that because Mark and Joanne, who are doing that tango... They're not meant you, to like each other. No, if you, if you know the story, you'll know what we're talking about. But if you don't know the story, basically Mark's ex-girlfriend is now with Joanne. She is with a lady now and he's struggling with that. Mm -hmm. And they don't like each other. Joanne doesn't really like Mark either because I don't know about you, but I don't tend to love my partner's exes. Not for any reason in particular, but... It's just... the fact that Mark's been called in to fix a problem. There. Yeah. but I th So I think the fact that they weren't touching was actually really good. Yeah. I, I liked that because I thought, actually, would they touch? Would they want to touch each other? But we didn't actually notice. I noticed that they weren't touching, but we didn't notice it was a theme until about... 20 minutes in maybe yeah. and I was like oh they would normally kiss at that point but they didn't obviously yeah. that's not Mark and Joanne no. but <laughs> that was someone else but yeah I really I thought that was really interesting um so to talk about the cast so strong my god such a small cast there was one two three four five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 12 members of in the cast and they were all so strong in Very their own strong. ways for me, the standouts was Tom Francis, who played Roger. I found out that he 
is a graduate. He's this year as well. Yeah, he's just come out of Arts Ed. <laughs> that just blew my mind. What a career that guy's got in front of him. He, to me, was the best Roger I have ever seen since Adam Pascal, who was the original Roger, who I adore. So for him, for someone to be just as good, in my opinion, and he's a young guy, uh, he's he's going to have a long career. The control that guy has of his voice is those songs. Sublime. Those songs are so hard, especially the Roger part. It's very rocky. It's very yeah. He did so well, and he was playing guitar on stage as well, which I think must be quite hard when you're being filmed first of all and you've got an audience in front of you I think to play the little intricate parts that Roger plays I think it must be a little because there's nothing else going on at that point no it's people literally watching you play that that part personally I don't think I could (laughs) (laughs) but yeah he did very well but he's acting as well like the emotion that guy subtle but so so lovely I thought, yeah, the bits where he was upset, it made me feel upset. It wasn't overdramatic. It wasn't overplayed in any way, shape or form. No. I think he hit every note, every beat just right. Yeah, I agree. There there was not a single time where I thought, ooh, he sounds a bit off there. Not a single time. The other standout for me was one of the ensemble members. So they had four ensemble members who... Again, if you know the show, they do all the Christmas bells are ringing bits. Yeah. Uh, They get to do a lot. The ensemble in Wren is not a small part. It is huge. Well, it's meant to be. It's meant to be society. It's meant to be Mm. this whole world caving in on these, these guys and everything that's going on, like, externally. Yeah. Yeah, the the ensembles have it's a very good role to have. Um and it was a, a lady called Bethany Terry and she uh, she's super recognizable. She's this tiny little fierce thing with a shaved head, big tattoo on her head. She was so good. I couldn't she was, get my eyes off her. Yeah, she was one of those people that when she was performing, when she was off of her seat at the back of the stage, she is what you were watching. Yeah. She felt every single dance move that she did. And you could see it in her face. She was loving life. I love a strong physical performer. Yeah. Someone who throws their body into everything. And it's not just the body, it's the face. It's everything. And she did not hold back no. for one second. None of them did whatsoever. But she just really stood out. She really stood out. Yeah, for for, for me anyway. Um, speaking of sort of of that kind of thing. I have to just mention every single person because the vocals were ridiculous. Mm. The vocals on some of those people, well, all of them, all of them were ridiculous. Again, you're going to have favourite performers in in a show, aren't you? And some that you don't resonate with as much, but some of them were just, just insane. There's not one person in that cast or ensemble that I came away going, didn't like them. No. Not one. No. No, and that's quite rare, isn't it? Very rare. And the the movement as well, again, was so strong. There's not a huge amount of dancing in Rent. They actually added more into this than I've ever really seen. But I liked it. I think it really worked. It was the ensemble that did most of the movement. But then you've got, obviously, they've got the little bits of the tango. Mimi Mimi didn't move as much as Mimi usually does. Mm. And I don't know whether that was a, a conscious choice due to that particular actor although I I think she probably has some good movement skills because she's been in six before right and that's quite dancey I think um so yeah I'm not sure why they decided to go that way but it's cool I don't it doesn't bother me no (laughs) Uh, so yeah it was all just so strong and I'm just I just love you all basically there were some really interesting choices that were very different from any other rent I've ever seen so I've seen quite a few different versions of rent now I was even in one amateur dramatics, but it was good fun. I yeah. played uh, I played Alexi Darling, just in case anyone wants to know. I found out you got to kiss a girl. I kissed a girl twice and my poor Nana was in the audience. But as Katy Perry wants to know, did you like it? Not really. Okay. Not, be- not because I, ha- I have anything against kissing women. I just remember it being a bit sloppy. Oh, don't want a sloppy kiss. No, it wasn't wasn't great. No matter who your partner is, you don't want a sloppy kiss. Plus, it was me kissing the person 
whose part I wanted as well, uh. which was a little bit annoying. I was like, mm, but I wanted to play Maureen, so <laughs> but it's fine. She did a really good job. Um, yes, so some interesting things. So usually in the partnership of Maureen and Joanne, you've got Joanne who is super strong. She is maybe a tiny bit more butch. And I, I say a tiny bit because she's just maybe slightly more butch. She's a lawyer and she tends to wear pantsuits and things. Mm-hmm. Whereas Maureen is usually very sexy, um, dresses quite provocatively at times and things like that. They decided to go a bit of a different way with these characters in this one. So Joanne was still wearing pantsuits and she was super strong she was not butch in any way. She was probably acted sort of more sexy than mm. than even Mimi, I think. She came across like she was more confident in her body right. than the other two did. And I, 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 in a character way, not in the actor. No, no. Because uh, I don't know, obviously, I don't know how they feel about themselves, but she was quite happy to sort she was of strutting her stuff she was rubbing herself up and down she like was swinging them hips about yeah whereas Maureen wasn't Maureen is an absolute nutter like that's who she is but there's the start of that song and she says every single day I walk down the street I hear people say baby so sweet so she's she's sexy and everyone wants to be with her. That's kind of how she normally plays. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that Millie O'Connell wasn't sexy. She was just less so than, played less sexy than yeah. I've seen uh, previous Marines plays. They're, the costuming was cute for her. It was kind of like French inspired. She had a different beret for every costume that she had. Um, but she wasn't dressed particularly provocatively, etc. Do you know what? It was cool. It was think, nice to see a different side. I think she played it more confidently. Like, I don't give a yeah, fuck what she, people think, yeah, which she was, is why people are attracted to her. Yeah, she was definitely confident. Yeah, for sure. She, she Maureen loves herself and, and Millie definitely brought that across as well. The other sort of main lady, of course, is, is Mimi, who is... She's troubled, is Mimi. She's a bit troubled. She is a dancer as a job. So is again, usually strutting about in not very many clothes and particularly in Out Tonight, her her solo. She's usually grinding all over the stage. Mm. The lady that plays her in this, um, her name is Maya. Maya Kwonsa Breed. Sorry if I said that wrong. Um, she didn't play her so sexy. She was very sexy. Don't get me wrong. She was a beautiful, stunning woman. But she didn't play her so sexy. She was wearing a little crop top. So yeah, there was a bit of midriff there, but there wasn't any sort of grinding, anything like that, which is fine. She played her a little bit more goofy than Mm. I've ever seen anyone play Mimi before. Okay. Because Maureen's usually the goofy one. And she was certainly goofy. But she played her a little more goofy than I've ever seen anyone, which actually was quite likable because she's meant to be young. She's 19 years old. Right. I never knew that. Yeah. Mimi's 19 because she sings it in a song. That's the only reason I know. There you go, you see. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, again, everyone was really good. There was just some interesting choices that I've never seen before. But it's nice to play with characters. Oh, definitely. You can get into a routine of seeing the same musical over and over again and get set uh, character types in yeah. mind. Why so should everyone play Maureen like Adina Menzel? No, they shouldn't. And it's the same with anything that's theatre or musical. The actor's job really is to bring a part of themselves to that role. Exactly. And I, you know, it's up to the director as well to incorporate that. And I love that, you know, it goes, this is how you've seen it before. This is completely this something is, different. Yeah, this is and how it still works. We're doing it. This is how yeah. this is our interpretation of it. And someone that was actually really good for that was the gentleman who played Benny. You know, Benny's not a huge part, but he he every time he was on the stage, every note he would sing, I go, wow, oh yeah, wow. <laughs> like his name was Ahmed Hamad, and he was he was so good because again with Benny, I feel like everyone tries to copy what T Diggs did when yeah. T Diggs was Benny because he's 
the one that everyone knows. It's Ted Diggs, though, isn't it? And he was great. Ted Diggs is amazing. His voice is like caramel. It's wonderful. But Ahmed changed that. He was like, mm, I like what you did there, Tay, but this is what I'm going to do. And I was like, yes, bring it. Bring it. I loved it. The only other note that I had was just that the set was super simple. Super simple and worked. So effective. Basically, it was uh, a square floor that had, what did it have written on it? Something about the East East Village Village is dead. dead. Yeah, just had that written on it, but wasn't like hugely distracting or anything. It just was there. Um, They had chairs all around the square, apart from obviously like where the audience would sit. Um, And they each had a chair. Uh, on the stage, you've got a table, you've got a little, I think there was like a little block on the other side and a guitar. And that was genuinely you about that it. been where the fire would have been for the flume. Yeah, there was little props that were brought on every now and again. Like there's quite a lot of phone calls in red. See, now this is the thing that I was going to bring up. This is the only thing I didn't understand. And if anybody's listening to this and can maybe like clarify this, when they had the phones... They never brought them up to the rear, like they were on the phone. They just held it. They would have a phone thrown to them, wouldn't they, from someone, generally the person who was on the phone to them. But they would just hold it. Yeah, they wouldn't wouldn't bring it up to the rear. They wouldn't necessarily bring it up at all. They'd just, like, sometimes they they would just hold it. And I was like, is that because of COVID? But Mm. when other things were getting passed around and things like that, it's like, well, no, it can't be. So that's the only thing I didn't understand. Not sure on that choice at all, really, but... Again, it, it's not as if we were sitting going, oh my God, I can't watch it anymore. No, no, no. They're all. not putting the phone to their ear. <laughs> That's probably me just being completely ignorant and not understanding that I, choice. No, I don't understand that choice either. But yeah, if anyone knows why that was the case, then please do let us know. But basically, if I was to give it a star rating. Yeah, go on, give it. Amelia, how many roses? How many? Oh, yeah, good idea. See what I did there? I'm going to give rent at Hope Mill Theatre. Five roses. Five roses. That's out of five, by the way. And those roses don't come cheap. They don't. I can honestly say you guys were all amazing. I would love if one of you, if one of the cast or or crew was to hear this. You're all amazing. And I think you did a fantastic job. Let's give you a big round of applause right here. But I think Rent is a great one to start off with because aren't they all vegan? Yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah, I think... So there is this bit in La Vie Bohème where the waiter reads out their order, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, takes an order, doesn't he? And here are the lyrics right here, actually. So that's five miso soup, mm-hmm. four seaweed salad, three soy burger, oh, so, sorry, three soy burger dinner, mm-hmm. two tofu dog platter, and one pasta with meatless balls. They all go, ew. It tastes, says, it tastes the same. It tastes the same. And 13 order of fries. Is, is that, that it here? Wine and beer. Sorry, I'll Which, stop. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing the wine and beer is uh, vegan. Although <laughs> in the next bit, it does say to, to yogurt, to yogurt, to rice and beans with, and cheese. Yeah, yeah. But, to leather, to... I'm going to stop there, Pam. I'm not going to say that word. <laughs> <laughs> the... That's not things that they're ordering, no. I guess. So either... But everything that they ordered in that restaurant at that time was vegan. Either they're in a vegan restaurant or, yeah, um, they, most of them eat vegan. Were vegan restaurants big in the 90s in New York? I could not tell you. I was a small child. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we found out that... Uh, the cast of, well, the characters of Rent are vegan. Yeah. Do you know any more musicals where vegans are prominent? There's a bit of research for you to do. Not off the top of my head, but I can, uh, yeah, I'll do a bit of research. But we're hoping that we'll be able to review some other shows for you very soon. Well, yeah, we've got six coming up. Six is supposed to be this weekend. If I we're have, in tier two. Yeah, I have everything crossed that we're going to be able to see six because... I'm obsessed with the soundtrack and I really want to see it. Um, and then we've also got the pantomime, which has been moved to the 6th of January. Again, it's all dependent on where we are in the world. 100%. But guys, if the industry does pick up again next year, we're going to try and get out to as much live theatre as possible because... I need it. This year has <laughs> just proven how much we've missed it. I need it. If you would like us to come and review something that you're in, please let us know. We'll yeah, definitely 
try our best to get there or if there's any films or TV programs that you think that we should review I'm all up for that as well. Yeah, of course. We watch a lot of film and TV, so that's definitely something we can look at as well. But this has been Emilia Rose Reviews. I think that section went really well. What do you think? (laughs) I enjoyed it, yeah. Cool. So now let's segue into the main part of the podcast. What are we talking about this week, Emma? Uh, So I thought I'd just do a quick gift guide because this is going to be the last... um, the last episode before Christmas. This and is so, the last one of this year. Really, yeah, it? it's going to be the last one of this year. We're going to probably take a little bit of time off, but do not worry. Mm. We will be back. No, we will. We just need a bit of time, mainly to celebrate Christmas, but to like evaluate everything that's gone on, just give us a bit of a break because let's be honest, since lockdown number one kicked in, I've not stopped. I know you've yeah. not stopped. Yeah, we need a little break, don't we? we? So um we will be back, of course. But we yeah. So I thought we thought we'd just do a little bit of a gift guide. As we said last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is for anyone who is buying for a vegan for Christmas or birthdays or whatever you you know, anniversaries, whatever. Or for anyone who might want to try and buy others like vegan gifts as well. Yeah, if you want to make the a small step into the, the veganism world, you know, if you yeah. want to make it more sustainable, more eco-friendly, more animal-friendly. Yeah. So like everything I've bought this year has been vegan. If I've bought anyone food or anything this year, it's all been vegan because I realised, I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. Why am I even looking to buy something that I don't agree with when I can buy them, I can buy them vegan stuff? Exactly. And they're not going to complain about it. And if they do, I'll just have it myself. They're not, they're, they wouldn't. <laughs> so it's just, there's just a couple of things that might be an interesting gift or a good gift if you are completely lost. The first one is cookbooks. You can't have enough cookbooks. Do you remember when you used to hate cookbooks? No. When did I hate cookbooks? Right at the beginning. You were like, I'm not a cook. I'm not a chef. Not doing it. I mean, I'm not a cook or a chef. That's why I need cookbooks (laughs) because I have no idea what I'm doing. I have to follow a recipe at all times. Um, Yeah, we didn't really. I wasn't the best in the kitchen back then. I'm definitely better now. Better. Oh. (laughs) You said I couldn't sing earlier. I'm a loud one back. No, you're not. That's how this relationship works. I thought you would have known that by now. But yeah, there's loads and loads of different cookbooks out there. Literally type into Google vegan cookbook. You will find a ton, an absolute ton. Bosch are really good, aren't they? Bosch are fantastic. Yeah, Bosch. So yeah, there's ones that are, you know, specifically for baking. There's ones that are maybe a bit healthier there's just oh you can get it for everything oh yeah cakes cookies if that's what you want to do uh, pizzas burgers you name it there's a vegan cookbook for it exactly so it's always a good place to start uh the other another thing could be kitchen appliances because veganism is a lot about the food obviously um a kitchen appliance probably will not go wrong I asked for a new microwave this year and was told no, but we ended up getting one anyway. Yeah, we did. Uh, but a microwave's a bit boring. But things like air fryers or blenders or... There's a lot of preparation goes into vegan food. There is. There can be, yeah. So food processors, blenders, yeah, those kind of things. If the person you're buying for doesn't have any, you know, has something that that maybe is a little bit sort of expensive for just them to purchase themselves and you're happy to to spend that, then go for it. Because I honestly, I wouldn't have thought uh, <laughs> a few years ago I'd be happy with a blender. But I got a blender last year and I'm absolutely mm-hmm. delighted with it. So I remember the look in your face when you got that for Christmas. You're like, oh, thanks. <laughs> and now you use it every day. That is not true. <laughs> That is not true. I was very thankful for my blender. It was more the ukulele I didn't understand. (laughs) Um, Another one could be subscription boxes. So we've talked about subscription boxes before, Mm. but you can buy like gift vouchers. doesn't even have to be a year's worth because that can get a bit pricey, but there's ones that you can do three months, six months, whatever. It could even be for people abroad Yeah, for some of them. Um, there's food subscription boxes, there's beauty subscription boxes. So 
if you're unsure of what to get someone, I think that's a great idea because that's something that's going to last them. That's going to keep coming. Yeah. That's like a present every month. And it can be tailor-made for them as well. I know there's some uh, some subscription boxes where you answer questions about how what you like and what you don't like or yeah. if you know the person, what they like and what they don't like. So it's basically tailor-made for them. Yeah. And going off the back of that is beauty products. I think uh, most, certainly females, but also not saying that males can't wear makeup, but there's a lot of nice brands out there and we've talked about beauty in a different episode, I think probably episode two or something. So yeah, go check head out. back and, and check that out. But a beauty product, you know, you're not going to go wrong. Certainly with me, if you got me a nice eyeshadow palette or a face mask or something like that, that would be great. Something that would work for vegans and non-vegans particularly is candles vegan candles, Mm -hmm. soy wax candles, or wax melts as well. They've become quite big because, I I mean, we all like a candle. It's nice. It smells nice. It looks nice. Does it have to have beeswax in it? I don't really get it. No, it doesn't. So, yeah, a nice candle. And probably even if you got that for someone and didn't tell them it was a vegan candle, they're never going to know. No. Unless it's stamped all over it, of course, which again is fine. I'd be happy with that. But if it's like quite subtle, they're probably never going to realize. The next thing that's probably a nice idea is just some snacks. (laughs) We love some snacks. We love a good snack. So you could get popcorn or there's like vegan pick and mix you can get. Because if you go to a shop and try and pick up some pick and mix, it's all going to have gelatin, et cetera, in it. So there are, again, a lot of places... The best place to look for stuff like this, I would say, is Etsy because you're going to get a lot of small businesses that are going to do a little happy dance when you buy from them. And it's all really good. I've bought, I bought a big pick and mix for my sister once. She bought me one, actually. She bought me one back. We've had popcorn before. There's like fudge and biscuits, loads of different loads things. Of stuff, yeah. So yeah, Etsy is a really good place for that because you can get some really nice boxes of stuff. So the next thing that I had down was herb growing kits or plant growing kits yes so at the moment we were bought for our our engagement present from my parents um like an oak tree a little acorn yeah Yeah, you so it's like an acorn that's it's already germinated for you already has like a little shoot coming out of it so you don't have to worry about that process (laughs) because that's hard (laughs) as we're discovering with our avocados yeah we've had avocado oh by the way if you have any tips on how to grow an avocado send them our way because we are struggling (laughs) (laughs) we've had them submerged in water for so long and they're just not doing anything i think the ones in the fridge the ones that i've wrapped in uh paper towels that are keeping damp I think they're doing better so fingers crossed (laughs) we will update you as they continue but yeah we've got an acorn on our living room window as well whose roots have grown exponentially in the last two months love him he's doing well isn't he call him little buddy well he speaks to him every day (laughs) you think I'm joking I'm not no (laughs) yeah he actually does speak to him uh, because we unfortunately are very bad plant parents we're terrible we even got a cactus thinking, well, we can't kill a cactus. And we managed to, we kill, managed a to kill a cactus. He overwatered it, didn't we're he? Not, we're not boasting about this. It just happened. <laughs> so, yeah, something like that might be really nice. Or like herbs, if someone's like a, a really keen chef or something, maybe well, growing their own herbs would be, would be nice. amazing for like, well, just anybody in general, but especially vegans that they can grow their own tomatoes, carrots, potatoes, cucumbers, because then... You're saving money down the supermarket at the yeah. end of the day, then, aren't you? I suppose with that, the only thing, not to poo-poo your idea, but it's just how much room you've got because yeah. those kind of things need to go outside. Uh, whereas herbs you could do in your kitchen. But yeah, for sure, if, you, if someone's got a garden, there's absolutely no reason why you couldn't be growing stuff. My dad used to grow raspberries. My papa was big on growing potatoes. Like I love stuff like that. If, if you want to buy garden. me a bonsai tree, because I'm after another bonsai tree, because no. I won't kill this one. Yes, you will. No, I won't. Yeah. I've watched Cobra Kai 1. I've watched Cobra Kai 2. I've seen all the karate kids. I know what I'm doing. Bonsai tree. I mean, he doesn't, but that's fine. It's his birthday next month. We'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> the last thing I had on the list was secondhand clothing. Yes. So there's nothing wrong with getting someone something from the shop, of course. But generally, if you're looking to be more eco-friendly or if it's wool or something like that, 
and you're buying for a vegan, secondhand is the way to go. You can get some clothes that look brand new yeah. that people might not have even worn, but uh, you'll get them for cheaper. You can get them off like Depop and things like that. Yeah, Depop, charity shops, anything like that. That's, eBay. That's going to give back or just stop the cycle of the horrendous amount of clothing that just ends up in landfills, etc. Like, go for it. Can I just throw in one? that you haven't mentioned. Mm -hmm. Experience days. Yeah. This isn't just about vegans. Like this is, it's a vegan gift to be fair, because no one or nothing has to die. But experience days, I don't think you can go wrong with. I agree with you. Things can break. You fall out of love with some things. You don't use it after a certain amount of time. This, that and the other. It all ends up in, in landfill. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The only thing that you're ever going to take with you forever is memories. Yeah. The best present you can give someone is your presence. And if you can go on an experience day with these people, then, you know, that's that's top of the board for me. You're going to remember going on, you know, doing maybe like the driving, driving the supercars or something. You're going to remember that. Jumping out of a plane. Rather than... Oh, what did you get me last year? Because we do that all the time. We're yeah. terrible for that. What did I get you for your birthday? I can't even remember. No. Like, that's really, that's terrible. So yeah, experiences is a really good one. Yeah, for sure. So there's just a really small gift guide of of the kind of things to get people. Obviously, there's there's more out there that's just what we would recommend. Just a couple of tips. But yeah, as Lee said, honestly, get people experiences, get people things that they'll remember rather than crap. Ooh, another one that's just come to me. Hand make something. Be creative. We're not going anywhere at the moment. The, I think the best present I have ever given Emma is that birthday video that I made for her before I proposed. I think she enjoys the video more than the ring. Would you say so? I would. I look at the ring 19 million times a day. Yeah, we're going to have that video for forever. No, and I, there are going to be people on that video who sadly will pass away at some point and you've got that memory of them there. Yeah, no, 100%. It's, um, yeah, it's definitely something that I'll cherish forever. So, yeah, and make something. Yeah, be creative. You, you don't have to be good at arts and crafts. Everyone's got a skill, even if it's writing somebody a song. Just whatever, just get creative with it. Any more? No, I think that's it. I think... I'm entitled to two good ideas a day and that's both of mine done. <laughs> so that is our gift <laughs> guide. Um, so yeah, I hope that helps a little if you've been a bit stuck. But yeah, anything as, else to, to wrap up before we uh, before we say goodbye? As we say, it's getting closer to Christmas now, guys. Um, it's the season of love and joy to everybody on this earth before... Well, regardless of race, regardless of gender, regardless of sexuality, first and foremost, what we all are is humans. And it's our job to to love each other and to love the planet and to love all living beings, whether it's a tiny ant through to the, the tallest giraffe. Let's just love each other this, this year because if 2020 has proven anything to me, it's that your life can just turn upside down like that. You know, it just takes a a disease that we weren't expecting to just come up, come around and just devastate us. But as long as we love each other, I think that that's all we need. Love heals. Love does heal. And on that note, we hope you have the most wonderful Christmas. And Happy New Year. And we will see you on the other side. This has been us putting veganism in the spotlight. See you later. Bye. Thanks for joining. We had a blast on the plant-based performance.